What does a ragtag team exploring universes decide to analyze a story told in verses about the bastard orphan? I know y'all heard this in every single musical number that Aaron Burr spits. Made his reputation aiding in the revolution. Sway negotiation for the U.S. Constitution. Slate administration for President Washington. Like every politician, he was hella controversial. The $10 founding father raises the curtains in the room where it happens sings a chorus of voices a national phenomenon delivered to the masses hamilton goes on and on beyond your history classes but what can we as catholics take away from all of this what can we contribute into history and politics how can we participate to pave the way for government fulfilling obligation to a eucharistic covenant the america forgot him his voice is to be heard Though America forgets us, we bring the spoken word We take on different topics and we tie them to the church Today, T.U. enters the Hamilton universe Welcome to Truly Universal, the podcast where we discuss all things Catholic in another universe. Just want to say hello, everyone. I am back on the helm of hosting. It's been a few weeks. Some life events happened uh, in the past month or so, which was uh, beyond the scope of of today's podcast. Uh, Hit us in the, the message in our Instagram if you want to know more. But today, as you can obviously hear from our introduction with Matt dropping verses like Aaron Burr. We are doing the universe of Hamilton. Now you might be wondering, isn't Hamilton our universe? Didn't that actually happen? Yes, our listeners, you are correct. It did happen in our universe. But the way that Lin-Manuel Miranda, the director and writer of Hamilton, um, did uh, this awesome musical in a way that's kind of like a parallel universe and something we've talked about. So with its popularity, with its ode to parallel universism in a way, we decided to take it on as truly universal. So I got a lovely cast with me today. I have Ian Imperador, who you know pretty well. Yo, yo. We got Cam over there. Hey! And uh, my lovely wife now, Amber Grace. Hi! And... The godfather of Vallejo 707 Hamilton fandom, who is Wait, <laughs> JP Mapa. Hey, guys. So cool, cool. All right, so we got a wonderful cast. I just want to go over, and uh, Hamilton is, is such an iconic musical for the past five years. If you haven't watched it or, or heard any songs, you at least know of it. It's been talked about. But I want to go over with each of you guys and go ahead and talk about the first time you either saw Hamilton, the first time you heard a Hamilton song, what was your impressions, what was it like, and then uh, did you become a fan, and, and what did that fandom look like for you? Started off with uh, with the, the godfather of the 707 <laughs> Hamilton <laughs> <Okay>. fandom. <laughs> okay. Um, so I started listening to Hamilton 
uh, on Spotify like right when it premiered, uh, which is like what 2016 something like that. And I would just listen to it on repeat at work over and over. I probably have listened to that thing hundreds of times, like from end to end. And then um, last year, uh, March 19th, it was a Tuesday. Uh, I watched Hamilton for the first time uh, at SHN uh, with Ian, actually, and a couple of other friends. Um, and dang, that listening to the the album does not like in comparison to watching it live there there is there is a huge difference it it just totally like blew my mind of how like how like i haven't really watched musical theater in a long time like live and hamilton was one of the first things that i watched like in a while so it blew my mind i remember watching hurricane for the her watching hurricane that entire tableau was freaking amazing just watch just seeing how the the rotating stage and everything was roaming was putting everyone around. You saw like everything, like everything that's been going on in the, in the show was happening at that moment. And then, uh, of course you, you got to give it up for King George, the third, uh, uh, Christoph. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Christoph. Nice. Not when we watched it, but yeah, that, that one was just amazing. Yeah. That's, that's my, when I watch Hamilton for the first time, that's what I remember the most. Nice. Nice. Anyone who want a popcorn or uh, call on next as as the godfather of of the generation of Hamilton fans in the Vallejo area? <laughs> I think okay. So I, I, just so everyone understands, I think I'm the, they're calling me the godfather because I kind of introduced it to like a majority of the people on this podcast. <laughs> I think that's the reason why he's calling me that. I introduced it to a lot of my friends, and it kind of spread. So. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, I just embrace the title. <laughs> I like it. It's a good one. Filipino <laughs> culture. Go, go ahead, Ian. If you want to go ahead and talk about your, your... I, I well, so he he introduced uh, it to me like when he first started listening to it. So I started listening to it, and then um, when it first came to San Francisco, um, me and a colleague from work, he made a whole bunch of Hamilton bumper stickers because it was the election year. So they all say Alexander Hamilton for president. Oh, uh, I remember that, yeah. And so we thought, you know what? And I have one in my car right now. I'm probably going <laughs> to get a new one because it's getting old. Yeah. And it's another election yep, it's year. <laughs> so we went, to, we went to SHN to go sell them. And we sold a few. Uh, the lines were packed. And then some lady rushes out and is like, uh like so like so, my guest like ditched me um would you like to watch hamilton she came up to the both of us like would either of you like to watch hamilton with me um for 200 bucks wait wait so you had no tickets you were just out there and this lady comes no i was just out there i was just out there selling bumper stickers <laughs> and then <laughs> um did you have a permit to, <laughs> hey, shh, hey oh oh no i don't I, I thought that Cam always making you feel uncomfortable. Okay, so oh, you're wearing red. Okay, we need the poop. <laughs> oh, we're not okay. Anyway, you have no idea. What a Jefferson right now. Anyway. Anyway. Such a Jefferson hater. Okay. So I looked at my colleague, and he's like, "You know what? Like, I introduced it to him, and so he was like, you know what? You go, you go watch it. I'll just wait.' Like, seriously? Yeah, I'm just gonna walk around the city for like three hours, and I'm like." Okay, so wow. I, wa- I, ru- I rushed in and essentially, because uh, at the time when it first came out, the tickets were like 
do, do you remember like eight on the order of like eight hundred, nine hundred dollars? Yep. Mm-hmm. So I got I got in, was able to watch then, and it was I was like, it's such it's such a wonder wonderful show. It's masterfully done. Um, I really liked uh, the Angelica we had. She took some liberties with some of the melodies. Actually, she actually went higher than the one that you see on Disney Plus. Like, and I was like, when that happened, and I was I was always used to the soundtrack that happened, and I was like, uh oh, uh, am I in love? No, this is not good. Uh, so. Ian feeling emotions? What? I know, I know, right? What? <laughs> no, no, it can't possibly. I'm, no. I'm just more curious about this woman that you went on a pretty much blind date with to get the ticket. Is that what happened? You sat next to the stranger while you're enjoying Hamilton. Yeah, it was just, yeah. Yeah. We, we we didn't we didn't a utilitate. Yeah, we didn't we didn't talk at all. Uh. <laughs> It was just purely for the show. Uh, so that that intermission was just silence. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Though she somehow felt the need to tell me she had to go to the bathroom. I'm like, okay, lady. Like, it's not, like, so I okay, know that whatever. God bless her. That's so good. So you. But yeah, and then and then I was able to watch it again with JP and who else was was that was Meg with us then? I can't no, remember. No, it was. Oh, it was. It, was, it was some other people. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, all right. Yeah. So it was fantastic. Good times. Nice. Nice. That was so funny. All right. Uh, so we take it from me. <laughs> Go ahead, Cam. Since. Uh... Okay. So my first time watching Hamilton was like mid-November of last year. So I mean, I'd heard about Hamilton, and as much as I wanted to watch it, I was like, "Dang, that's hella expensive." Yeah, I want to watch it, but you know, I'm cool with a bootleg copy. <laughs> that... Wait, where did you get a bootleg copy? Like, not that we're, uh, you know, uh, promoting yeah. it. No, so I didn't watch it at a, as a bootleg. Wow, shocker. Um, it actually was, I kind of just kind of like neglected the thought in my mind because I was like, okay, I'll never be able to afford it. Like, I'm here paycheck to paycheck. Like, what am I going to have fun to like go and watch the show so i kind of forgot about it but then it was when actually we were all at um your house and oh yeah oh, <laughs> and then right. i was just kind of like well for me my thing was i didn't want to listen to the soundtrack because i was just like i don't know what's going on and i was just like okay whatever and so then everyone kept singing it and i was just like okay and a lot of things were a blur, but I remember everyone singing those songs. So, like, for me, in my head, I was like, okay. So then, like, a week later, I told Matt, and I was like, I really want to watch Hamilton. Where can we watch Hamilton? Like, where is this going to be a thing? And he was just like, okay, if you want to go, like, just look up tickets. Like, let's just be curious, right? Let's see how expensive they are. Because we're thinking, okay, it's been over time, so, like, great. More people know about it. It's definitely going to be, like, more expensive, you know? And we looked, and we're just like, oh, shoot, they're, like, 200 a ticket. Okay. I was like, ah, I don't know. Maybe we should wait till like, there's, like, a lower price. You know, like, I want to watch it, but I don't know. And so we're comparing prices for all these tickets. And we're looking because it's getting close to the holidays. And we're like, oh, my gosh, they're going up to, like, three, four hundred, five hundred dollars And I'm like, ah, shoot. Okay, well, you know what? Our best deal is really to go this month. And he's like, okay, well, when's the next, uh, when's the next showing? Because it has to be on a weekend because we are both working. I'm like, oh, um, you know, 
the 16th? And he's like, when's the 16th? I'm like, the Saturday. He was like, the Thursday. <laughs> oh, just two days from now. No big deal. And I was just like, this is such an impulsive decision. We shouldn't do it. And he's like, but I really want to watch it. And I'm like, okay, we got to watch it now. And so we bought the tickets. And at first I was like pretty excited. But then I was kind of like, wow, it's been a while since I've gone to a show. But I think the moment we sat down, we had really good seats. They were like on the bottom, like perfect seats, like dead in the center. And I was like, I was like, okay, like this is exciting. And then the music started and I was so hyped. Wow. I was like, wow, best impulsive decision. <laughs> like nothing even happened yet. <laughs> and I genuinely just loved our cast. Like I think going into the show, not hearing, really hearing the soundtrack really kind of gave me a clean perspective on it, you know, because I, w- I didn't really have anything to expect. So, like, even seeing, like, the king go up, I was like, oh, dang, I didn't know this was about to happen. <laughs> okay. And just, like, the whole time when I was watching it, the um, the person who was Angelica in our showing, because we watched it in SF, like, every single time. I had goosebumps and I was just like, dang, Hamilton, you messed up. You chose the wrong <laughs> Like her vocals, like, don't get me wrong. Like our Eliza was great, but I was like, Hamilton, really? <laughs> really? Done goofed. You chose the wrong sister, you chose- but you know, that's none of my business, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. You want to go ahead, Amber? Um, so because of the Godfather, he <laughs> JP. I think um, so. We had a. This is me coming from like again music teacher experience, and then like uh, our our band uh, upon the rock. We were we were listening. Or we were like listening to. They wanted to play like the soundtrack, uh, like just a few of the songs during like or after rehearsal. And I remember, I think, I think the room where it happens was like the, one of the first songs that we listened to because like Eddie was convinced that it was like one of the best villain songs ever. And then, um, and then I remember they were my first eighth graders at the time. They have now graduated from high school, but they came into my classroom and they were so excited. Like Miss Castro. Oh, whoops. Like, like we want to, um, we just want to perform this for you. So they performed as little eighth graders, like the they were each, Hamilton? no, 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 no. They they had never seen it, but they performed the Skylar Sisters for me. Oh, that's cute. So that was like my that's first. So cute. I know, and I wish I had the video on my phone still, but like it was just so precious. Um, like just one of the girls being like, and Peggy, it was just like super cute. And so I shared Hamilton with um my colleague, and and then she just kind of <laughs> for you know. She went ham, you know, and just started like listening to like and memorizing all of the, you know, all of the raps and everything. And we were planning on going to um, going to Chicago for like a music teacher conference. And this was when like that line, that virtual line for Hamilton was just like ridiculous. And so we just we couldn't get tickets. So we're like, you know what? We're just going to out of curiosity. We're just going to look on, you know, because Chicago was like the first place outside of New York. That was having like their, you know, where they went on tour. So we were just like, there was like the biggest YOLO of my life. We were just like, we we're just going to go watch Hamilton. So my first time watching Hamilton was in Chicago. And that was like the second cast. Uh, we were all in tears because we had just like, you know. And then um, 
again, my friend that just went ham, like we watched like later on that summer. <laughs> was it the same year? No, we watched it December 2016. That following summer, we had, you know, again, it's now spread to other friends who are now obsessed. And we decided we we're going to watch it again. Um, but these are like like the front front row seats, but like on the side. So it's like the obscured view where you can't really see anything or like, you know, it's like it's like partial view, but you can see their spit, which is like still amazing because you're like, wow, you can see the sweat coming off of their faces, uh, which is kind of gross, but still amazing. And <laughs> um, so we let all of our COVID approved. <laughs> you would never do that now. It's totally unhealthy. Totally now. like splash zone and not OK now. But so we we let our friends that had never seen it like they watched. They were we gave them the seats that they could see more. And so me and, and my friend, uh, we sat in the front and we just kind of like enjoyed everyone like, you know, everyone that had never gotten the chance to see it. And now we got to see a different view. And this was like a different cast. But I think our burr was actually the same burr from Chicago. And then um, after watching it twice, I was like, this is a responsible way to spend my money as a young adult teacher I don't know. research research it was for research yeah, i'm a teacher exactly. um and then you know time goes on and my fiance now husband has still never watched hamilton or had you know did not want to listen to the soundtrack even though we had like a whole playlist I, on musicals I, I can i'll explain let, let me whatever let me transition then to my experience of hamilton before i get uh slandered okay fine. but uh, uh so i <laughs> I actually remember. I remember specifically. Maybe you were there, Cam, because I, I don't know if you were there. Uh, there was like a K Cup at uh, K Cup is this young adult um, kind of friendship games, Olympics type of deal. And I remember. I don't know. It was like 2016, 17. I wasn't even dating Amber at the time. And and I remember at the end of that K Cup when everything's everyone's cleaning up. I just remember someone put like Hamilton on, and I remember I think JP singing, and then I, <gasps> I didn't know Amber at the time, but Amber yep. started singing. Eddie, I just saw all. all of, you all were of, there when the cleanup was. I remember that cleanup. Yeah, all of JP's disciples there. were there. <laughs> and his children were just all seeing, and then so, and then my sister joined, and like you know, you know Meg on here, uh, she's rambunctious and and outspoken, and I have this secret thing where like I don't want her to show me up, so. She tried to introduce Hamilton to me because I was curious. And on top of it, looking like it was a hype, I was part of that camp initially that was like, yeah, Hamilton's, it's it's too hyped. I, I'm not interested. Like, I tried, I kind of tried listening hipster. to one song. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, this isn't for me. And and I tried to be like one up, like my sister. Like, because in a seminary, I would watch musicals. We would get discounts for, for musicals. So we would watch these, these Broadway musicals in Portland. For like 20 bucks 10 bucks and i remember watching in the heights you know lynn manuel's uh, oh so mm, good uh, like tony so award good. before hamilton and so i tried to be all snobby with her like yeah this this sounds like in the heights part two hamilton doesn't sound that great and i was like trying to like show that i wasn't buying into the hype and so fast forward where i'm like kind of listening i kind of trying to listen and then i start dating amber and she just is a huge ham fan and she just loves it so i'm like oh, I gotta figure out ways. I, I gotta give it a try. So I, I try. I remember she was watching Hamilton, and I was texting her, and I texted her like, <laughs> like dear Amber Grace or something like that. I was trying to like, I didn't realize it was a playoff of like my dear. Um, uh, oh, this is gross. Angelica. Oh, my, my dearest. dearest. Yeah, my dearest comma. Angelica. Amber Grace <laughs> with a comma after dearest. You did. You did. I think I yeah. screenshot it. And then she called me out. She's like, hey. Was that was that based on Hamilton? 
and I try to play it off like, oh yeah, yeah, I was, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Hamilton fan. <laughs> and then it's smooth. Okay, well, so smooth. when you don't got moves that you steal it that from something else accidentally, and then try to take credit. <laughs> Don't don't hate don't hate on the player. <laughs> Plagiarized romance, yes. Good. I'll take notes. We, we, we can't all write fervently. So um, so but we started dating, and I started telling her, yeah, actually, not really into Hamilton. I just I'm okay. And then so she tried her best to get me into it, and I think uh, I started to like like it a little bit more. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then she, I think. Oh, I think it was um, my friend uh introduced me to this app. I think it's like Today Ticks, and I think it gives you like pretty good like discounted tickets and so that's where i found like hamilton tickets and these are probably the best seats that we had and i think i gave it to you for your birthday but it was really funny because it's for your birthday but it's still like i just want to watch it again <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's so, a gift that keeps on giving exactly and then so i, I go into there I'm and sorry, i so as, as much as it pains me to say that i converted i converted to uh, uh i'm Two steps away from being a disciple of JP, so I'm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I decided to. You know what? I actually really liked it because I've watched um, Phantom of the Opera. I've watched Wicked in the Heights. Um, what else have we? We watched Aladdin, and so I came Waitress. in Waitress. So I kind of came in knowing a little bit about musicals, and I was just like blown away by by Hamilton. And it's like, oh, I get it. I understand now why this is so good. And and since then, like, it's just shot up in my Spotify playlist. We watched it like at least four or five times on Disney Plus since this game. But it's so weird. Isn't it so weird that after you've listened to the soundtrack and then you like seen different casts and now you see the people that did the soundtrack, it's like, it's really you. I don't know how to feel. It's really, I don't know. Yeah, That's just it, me. it is different. So let me go around and does anyone want to share what, what about Hamilton really got to, I think everyone has a different reason, you know, but why, why did you personally kind of, fall in love or, or really enjoy Hamilton as a musical, as a commentary, as as history. Um, if anyone wants to go and share share their perspective on what, what brought them to Hamilton. Go ahead, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the character development. It was seeing uh, Hamilton's arc itself going from this brash, um, you know, take no nonsense. I'm not going to, I'm not throwing away my shot kind of guy. And then at the end of the day, he throws away his shot. Mm. Because he values, like, I mean, he's he's gotten old enough, and he's suffered enough loss in his life that it's like these are these are little petty things now. I don't want to bother with them. Mm. Um, and I mean, even I mean, I just read this earlier today, researching for this podcast. But the idea that like most of the founding fathers are deists, okay? Hamilton was not. He was Episcopalian, and he. When he was dying, when he realized he was dying, he he wanted communion, he wanted communion from the Episcopalian bishop, which is rare, which was strange for a lot of the founding fathers because they thought communion was a kind of childish thing. Oh wow! So just to kind of see him him mature, to see, um, I, I mean, like it's it's quiet uptown, just makes me like cry like a baby. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I see your faces change. <laughs> Just as click them. Sniffles in the dark. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's that's. I remember. I remember that very clearly. Watching it for the first time, there's people sniffling. People were like, I just heard people under their breath, like, "Oh my god!" Like, I can't. Like, forgiveness. You know, like oh it's just. And <laughs> seeing Hamilton break down. Oh man. Oh yeah. Yeah 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 yeah. 
And it was just a good balance. Oh, that and like it was just a good balance. You had the palate cleansers with King George. Um, it didn't stay stuck in the sadness. It was always still deep. But you had those funny moments like, can we go back to politics? Yes, please. <laughs> Thanks, and, Jefferson. And, you know, um, it was just it's well crafted. Yeah. A masterpiece, as someone would say, for a musical. Um, JP, what, what about you? What seems to be your things that really drew you to Hamilton? It, it definitely was the music. I, I mean, the, the rapping, you didn't, when you think about history and trying to learn about it, it's pretty like, for me, it's, it's fairly boring, but then like you get something like Hamilton where all of a sudden they put Hamilton in like with this modern type of music style. And all of a sudden it got interesting for me um, to the point where I started like doing my own research about like Hamilton and then like the founding fathers because of this perform this play um it was just something that came out of nowhere that i wasn't ready for um that's what got me into it and then like like diving into like the songs like hearing about like how um lin-manuel wrote the songs and how people portrayed um the songs like my one of my favorite songs is, is uh dear theodosia um, nope, there goes the faces again. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like yeah, Dear Theory is just a love song of two fathers talking to their children. Um, and then, like, I, I was <laughs> I was listening to um, an interview with, with Leslie um, about it and how when he would sing that song, he would sing that song to his daughter, which he didn't have yet. Like it was a song to the daughter that he knew he was going to have eventually. Uh, That's, that was his mindset when he was singing that song. And I was, yeah, I was like, he's like, it's a prayer to the, to her daughter, to the daughter that, that he will have. And it it was just like that, like every every time I heard that song afterwards, I just, that's what envisioned my mind. And it it always gets me. Don't cry. It's okay. (laughs) Don't cry. cry I'm not trying. I'm not trying. I'm not trying. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying. Take a <laughs> I don't know. I was just really drawn to it because like one, I love musicals and I don't know, two, I always studied like political science and which is like 90% history. And so, I mean, going into watching Hamilton, I kind of had like the history background, but then I mean, I think it's just a common criticism of just like people who study history or even poli sci that they're like, oh, well, history is boring. But I'm like, all right, y'all got a catchy song. And all of a sudden now y'all interested. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool. I hope this like two and a half hours was worth the years of studying I did. (laughs) 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 And so like, I always crack up because like, I'm glad that it got people, you know, to want to start looking into history but then i'm just kind of sometimes a little a little salty because i'm just like all right so how about the other founding fathers what do you know <laughs> and then it's just silent and i'm like aha great my information that i learned was useful but not relevant <laughs> <laughs> uh, i like the venn diagram that's a but i don't know i just thought it was catchy and i mean for a lot of people it was like jp said it was the start for them to want to look into it and i feel like it also i mean it's kind of different right because i watched this in like 2019 but like seeing how like there's a lot of themes that do apply to today which is why i think that why it's gained so much popularity you know so 
I thought it was cool. Yeah, well, well definitely the themes are something we're going to spend some time in the, the later half of this episode talking about. But yeah, I am part of that group of people that did not like history. I took a push in class. I had the most boring teacher ever. And I was just like, oh, dang, oh I forgot that you guys know who it is. <laughs> I, I know, I know who that was. Oh, I know who that is. I just saw that face. Shots fired. Oh, please don't, please don't track me down and tell him about it. Great guy. I'll always end with die, but he's a great guy. Um, but his delivery of history was just not not there. And I just, man, I'm, I'm ashamed to say that when I watched Hamilton, I was like Googling and looking up things. And even in seminary, I also had a, a history teacher that had us read uh, like this kind of expose historical look into Jefferson and Sally's like relationship. And because they talk about like there's hints of it. In, in Hamilton and people are talking about, you know, racism and, and that back again. And I'm like, oh, I wish I paid attention to history like like Cam did, because like this would be so useful um, because it's true. Like those things like history repeats itself, like the things that may have been reimagined in Hamilton about, you know, immigrants and racism and classism um, and freedom. Like it's still happening today. And that, that's it's amazing. But uh, but yeah, more on that in a bit. I think like Leslie Odom Jr. was always talking about like this when he first watched Hamilton, like just like in the like small theater about like what really moved him was just like raise a glass to freedom. And it was like for black brown men singing about it. And like that that was this is kind of the alternate universe of it is like the the multicultural aspect. Like like there are videos of like this this little girl who's watching Philippa Sue as Eliza and she's like, that's me. And like, that's, I think that aspect is huge. Like in the fact that like, you know, as, as a Filipina seeing Rachel Ann go in London as Eliza is like, you know, it's like when we saw Leia Salonga, you know, being, being in musicals and it's like, it's a big deal. Um, and, and like, I mean, I love musicals, you know, just, just because of it. And, and I don't want to just love something because it's, it's hype. So it took me a long time to just like want to sit through it. But I mean, if my students are going to be excited about something, of course, I'm going to want to be excited about it too. Um, and it's just so catchy. Like I remember like uh, driving um, and just trying to memorize Angelica's rap, like in Satisfied and just like doing that over and over and over again. And then eventually actually using that speech in the beginning of my best friend's I'm so sorry, Spring, <laughs> but using it in my maid of honor speech. But it was so funny because then Bob used it as a part of, you know, Rens's, uh best, best man, man. Yeah. used satisfied for, you know, for his for his speech, too. So there's just so many, um, so many layers and aspects to it that like it's just so, so, so powerful now. Um, like as much as I don't want to like my shot because it just like that's the main song. But like. Uh, there's so many good lines in that song where I just like, wow, I could, you could just take that line in that, that one song and, 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 and hold on to it. And I think that's just really interesting and, and powerful as, um, you know, for Lin-Manuel as, as a, as a songwriter, um, and just being able to, you know, to, to say so much in, you know, in such a short amount of time, even the songs I had to get like kicked out or like that were booted out, but like, are just so so rich and so powerful and yeah the amount of exposition he's able to do and his, his lyrical so prowess is, is really good um almost matches matt's lyrical prowess <laughs> that we saw at the beginning of this intro good job, so uh, i want to i want to bring it back to what, what ian was talking about the the beauty of the character arcs you know we saw in hamilton so 
what else for for us here on on this panel? What are some of your guys's uh, favorite characters from the musical and why? And I'll, I'll go first because I, I don't want to steal it, but I Hamilton is up there for sure because it is Hamilton, and I just like seeing his his development. But I really enjoyed uh, George Washington, and um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on? I'm making the, a face again. <laughs> Disney Plus's actors, the main Christopher Jackson, Christopher Jackson slash Moana's. Dad. Oh yeah, so Moana's dad. That's right, <laughs> Moana. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, I just love seeing kind of well. Um, for me, my favorite song in there uh, is um, "One Last Time." One last time, for sure. I think there was like this dream of mine where uh, before I would get married, I would go to a bar with some friends and just like sing "One Last Time." And uh, no, I'm just kidding. That was never a dream what? of mine. <laughs> um, <laughs> But just this, like, I've always, I think we talked about it in uh, the Avatar episode where this wise older figure is such an important uh, aspect in, in storytelling. And George Washington represents that. You know, he sees a lot of himself in Hamilton. Um, he's this great figure. I don't know what he was like in real, like, real life if he was that, like, magnanimous. Magnanimous? Magnanimous. Magnanimous. That's a virtue. Uh, and if he had that much impact on Hamilton. But in the musical, it's just really cool seeing <laughs> seeing that. So, So that's mine. Uh, character. I really like Lafayette. 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 There, uh, it was just cool to see uh, David just try to rap with a French accent. <laughs> <laughs> and I like the fact that in the beginning, Lafayette had a hard time speaking English. Like one of the first, like how do you say anarchy? Like how do you say anarchy? It's anarchy. And then he becomes like the fastest rapper in the entire <laughs> in the entire performance. <laughs> It's. It was just cool to see like the evolution of 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 his character, and then you see like the evolution of like the other like Lawrence and like um, Hercules Mulligan, who I think has the best line. Who I I think is the the best line uh, in your in Yorktown. That that his whole rap I think is one of the best parts in the entire mo- entire movie. Yeah, entire movie. It's a movie now. <laughs> no, no fact check there. <laughs> It's a movie. You can watch it on Disney Plus. I'll I'll let it slide. Not a bootleg. I'll let it slide. JP, you name like three characters as your favorite, but as the Godfather of Hamilton, I'll let you take take those three. He's allowed. You don't you don't leave a lot for the rest of the the panel. I just love how David Diggs was just like not comfortable with, like they just found him from like an improv group, and he's like, that sounds like a terrible idea. And like that's yep. that's right. He's he so was, good. He couldn't sing, right? Or he was nervous about singing. He was nervous. a substitute teacher. He was a substitute teacher, and then he, they heard about it, and he got the part. So good. And he was. He was so nervous, like to go into like these musical people, and it just blew us, blew us all away. I had to. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me I get my big break by being a substitute teacher, not a teacher? Okay, and for time to change that. <laughs> Let's all do it. Let's all do it. All right, who else? I'm still banking on when I'd turn like 40 something and pulling an Alan Rickman and being cast into something. Oh. oh. <laughs> Ethnic Bent Harry Potter remake. <laughs> hey, that could be Dude. all the rage. That could be all the rage as a musical. Even after all this time, Snape, well, I'm hung up. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, no. Shout out to our, our Filipino oh, listeners oh, out man. there. It's, it's happening. <laughs> we should totally like Harry Potter, the mus- musical. No. I'll be a Universal Explorer at some point. <laughs> All right. Anyone else favorite well, characters? My favorite character. Um, it. I. I really loved Angelica, but then 
Um, I also just, my heart, every time I hear Eliza sing, and because her role is pretty much just all singing, like she doesn't really rap, she beatboxes as a, as a mom. <laughs> but aside from that is, mom. is is her role as this wife. And, you know, now being wife and just going, I relish being your wife. And then having these like cheesy moments, but also just like these, the parts that she's like, just their relationship got, went through hell. Like they just went through so much. Um, and then, you know, it's quite uptown and then just the role of forgiveness, you know, and, and as Catholics, that's a, that's a big part of, you know, and then, and being, being married and then now, learning what that means obviously to not that extent <laughs> but um at, at, at the moment not yet not at no. the moment oh, you know oh, oh. Um, god willing we don't go through similar situations as hamilton but you know that forgiveness is a big so, speaking speaking of that not again not actually <laughs> going eye for eye for what we hamilton by any means we're not dealing with some we're Reynolds. Not, we're fine, though, guys. though i did name my sourdough starter mariah um, oh, and I, I brought gosh. her into the apartment, so that's the extent of. We did bring Bur- <laughs> we did bring Mariah into our apartment. But uh, but there's this funny uh, story. Where... I named her Mariah, though. I named her. We did. He did, and she's staying in the fridge in the back. But anyways, so there's this uh, story that uh, Amber and I we were we got into an argument. I think one night. And, like, <laughs> We just was like, I, you know, it was like something, something dumb. Like she didn't lock like the garage I'm door. Sorry, or she forgot something. It was like not, not worth the fight. But I remember just, I'm an introvert and just being like really silent and like during the drive, um, back to drop her off at her home, and then right before like I dropped her off because you know like we had to kind of come to a close. Like I guess I don't know if she you planned it or it was on random, but <laughs> but that song came on in Hamilton, you know, and the line goes like forgiveness. <laughs> And then I just went over and then like silently grabbed her hand. And then, oh wow! And then, like I apologized and I was like, "Dang it!" So this was like I think this was after the musical. I think after we Did, watched after it. after you watched it had to be. So, but uh, so this is the new era of Hallmark cards. Yeah. <laughs> Musicals. Yep, I think that. I don't know. My heart goes out to Eliza on so many different levels. Like she was. All she wants to do is be the wife. All she wants to do is be the mother. And it was just like, every single time I was just like, man, like, you don't deserve this, you know? And like, it made me so sad because I was just like, she could have really just like walked away after everything, you know? And I feel like people wouldn't have like blamed her if she did. But I was just like, man, like that strength, like she just, I mean, I'm not trying to cap on Hamilton, but you know, homie didn't win Father of the Year. <laughs> no, I mean, not even founding Father of the Year. Just, just not even a Father like, of the Year. I'm just putting it out there. He did not earn a Father's Day present <laughs> yeah. that year. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> but I was just like, she's trying to do like all these things. And of course, you know, she's flawed and she has her own, like, she has her own shortcomings. But like, to see here at the end, just always want to just like persevere through it. And like, I like the fact that she didn't just like hide behind it. She wasn't like, oh, it's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Like my favorite song is definitely Burn mm. because you sit there and you're just kind of like, you see her at least acknowledge and really just dwell in those emotions and be like, like, no, you had no right to that. Like really validating her own feelings. And for me, like, 
I think of myself and I'm like, when I'm sad, I'm just like a puddle. And when she's sad, she out here burning letters. And I'm like, dang, I need to try doing that. <laughs> Watch out, man. <laughs> Watch out, man. <laughs> Let me print out some screenshots and burn them. What, what would you, that, yeah, what is the equivalent? Like, you gotta take the print out screenshots, Delete. burn the actual phone. Delete. Is that the memory card? I've burned things like when I've had a breakup, but like, I don't know. Hers just felt way more empowering. I'm trying to remember if that first time I watched it, if the if the burning went properly, I don't think it did. <laughs> How did was it, not, it still like, burning? Like it, it tried. No, no. Like it went out. Like it, like Oops. the bucket went out, and I was like, oh, oh. But she, she, oh, she took it like a champ. Like okay, um, I aspire to Hamilton, but I'm more like personality wise. I think a Burr. Ooh, dude, I I like Burr a lot. Um, I like Burr a lot. So always being second. Oh shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, always feeling. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's. I didn't think I had to go that deep today. Sure, <laughs> he, he let's was, go. He was senator. You, yeah, he made got the yeah. seat. He he was senator. He had a seat. Oh yeah, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did Alexander Hamilton get president or anything? Oh no, I guess not. He died. <laughs> Who won the duel? He just Who won the duel? Who won the duel? Who won the duel? Who got first when it mattered? Did you really win though? Who was the one who paid for it? Who's the one who paid for it? Um, yeah, no, like like the feeling of just what, I don't know. I'm 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 oftentimes a bit more patient than I should be, and I think that's kind of what really draws me to Burr sometimes. Like, there's a lot of yeah, and but then sometimes you wait too long, and then things just kind of sail away. Um, and I get very annoyed with you know. So sometimes I, I mean I I don't want to switch parties so that I can run against my rival's father-in-law, but like, you know, uh, well, that still reminds me, Cam, we have to talk about the campaign in like 10 years, but oh. who knows? We'll see. You see you're the same stickers. I'm going to tell you right now, your strategy is not to give children guns. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the whole, that was my five point plan. That was the <laughs> point one. <laughs> five bullet plan? Yes. Okay. <laughs> nice. no, no, that's the six shooter plan. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, no, I, I like Burl. I like that, um, that, um, was it the conflict with Burr and Hamilton a lot? Just that persona of, you know, Hamilton always, you know, writing like he's running out of time and always acting on his impulse. And it, ultimately, it's it's what kills him, you know, like how he, well, not kills him, but kills his, like, like quote, unquote, his supposed legacy. Because he thought in Hurricane, like, he could write his way out of this controversy and write away kind of this um, this scandal. And it just ultimately ruins him. Um, and then Burr, you can see how he kind of borrows on on Hamilton's, um, you know, attack plan. But ultimately, it, it takes him too far. You know, it, it it's not it doesn't fit him. So yeah, that conflict's good. I think uh, Lin Manuel Miranda often in his in the book was it the the, the book that you had Amber where it talks about his like uh, notes. Like he always refers to. Uh, Burr and Hamilton at like Draco Malfoy and Harry Potter <laughs> like this is the moment where Draco and Harry Potter would have met you know early on and I think that's like uh, I like to use the analogy of like Vegeta and Goku <laughs> you know like Vegeta's trying to rely on his prince uh, background and thinks he's better and Burr also tries to rely on that but ultimately can't can't beat Hamilton so yeah uh, I love I enjoy that conflict a lot Burr has really fun songs too. he does Leslie Odom Jr. <laughs> And how cute is his name? Burr. 
<laughs> I thought you were kidding. Though. Leslie Odom Jr. I'm like, that's like, that's okay, Dave. I mean, birds. Like, it's cold. It works. Yep. That was cool. So, okay. This one is, uh, again, the whole soundtrack. Which, by the way, surprised me because I really thought there was actual dialogue in the musical. Sure I really didn't know. It, it's, I was like, a lot of people, I'm sure, felt the same way. It's like, I literally watched the entire thing through Spotify. It's crazy. But, uh, Except for like two parts. Like, there's like only one that. part. Yeah, yeah, one yeah, or two parts. When Lawrence dies. And the cry- that letter. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's and the crying. I think the that, crying. Yeah. The crying word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, so yeah, but if you had to choose, if you had to choose, if you had, had to choose, choose one song to just be your only Hamilton song on Desert Island. Why would you do you this? You can only choose one song. What would that be? It's like asking me what's my favorite child. <laughs> <laughs> the one that's alive. Oh wait. Whoa. It wasn't Philip. Sorry. It wasn't Philip. <laughs> oh no. Oh. All right. We're gonna we'll have to screen that comment and then like share it with our <laughs> test audience. Is this appropriate for this episode? <laughs> like. Oh, man. All right. Cool. I don't know. I can't take the name seriously because I think of like Fairly Odd Parents and I'm like. I named my, my first plant Philip because stay alive. And But also, I thought of the same thing <laughs> of the nickel. Philip the nickel. Yeah. Yes. So I couldn't take it seriously. Such I was like, name. oh. <laughs> he wasn't even a dime. He was a he nickel. Was a nickel. <laughs> One Dang, song on a desert island. Yorktown. Yorktown. Because mm. mm. it has... Because if it's one song I have to listen to, repeat that that song has almost everybody singing in it. <laughs> yeah, and that song is just pretty awesome because it's the it's the final war. You get to you get to see everything. The you get this the world turned upside down part is one of my favorite parts. So good, especially when you watch it and just seeing how everyone just stands on it and then, yeah, just ugh, yeah, Yorktown. Good choice. Good choice. I don't know. I I, I gotta stick with Burn, like. Like that raw emotion gets me, and honestly, I think I really love it because of like all like the metaphors. Because like honestly, even if you haven't had those things like happen to you, even if you haven't gone your heart broken, like you feel her heartbreak, and it was just like I just feel like if you can't relate to her situation, you can relate to that feeling, you know, of just thinking that you had like everything and just seeing it all just be taken away you know that like oh like i did everything but no matter what i did like it wasn't enough like he chose his work over her he chose his legacy over her and like that's right (laughs) don't choose don't choose my mariah secretly throw mariah away mariah was was a cope let's let's be honest here continue (laughs) but yeah like that emotion gets me every time every time like when we were building my ikea desk i kept like keeping that on loop because i was just like wait, wait, did you want to burn your ikea desk out there like that's such an interesting song for building it would be so well, it's because i was talking to matt and i was telling him and i'm like man he was so official faithful he did she did not deserve this. Like, look at this. Did everything right. And just, it was like wanting to like slam pieces. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> dangerous. We only have a limited song to play. <laughs> like, he, oh, cathedrals. I'm building a desk. <laughs> like. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's connected. 
Sure. <laughs> um, if I had to choose a song. If I had to choose. If you had to choose. Um, I would choose Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells You. I think that's the name of the last song. Um, but like where, you know, where Eliza, it's, it's like the result after everything. Like she puts herself back in the narrative and how like, I think this was when I was watching like a, like they, Lin-Manuel, they did like a, he did like a, a documentary or something where like maybe the title Hamilton is not just about Alexander Hamilton. It's also about Eliza and the fact that it was her, her role into going back into the narrative and, and sharing everything after she lived for another 50 years to do all of these things. Um, and, you know, finding out what, what everyone really was, you know, what, what was, what's been, you know, hasn't been said over all of these years. Um, and who, who's the one that tells your story? And, the fact that it was Eliza um, and everyone wants to know, what does the gasp mean? Like, what does it really mean? Like, is she seeing like the legacy that, you know, has, you know, is she breaking the fourth wall and seeing everything that has been finally been seeing? And there's just so many good like harmonies in there. Um, and I just love being, I just love singing that part over and over again. Um, like, and it's just such an important um, idea and theme of like, yeah, who, who lives, who dies, who tells your story. I guess I had to choose. It's hard. Why would you make me do that? <laughs> It's a, it's a fun exercise. So it's too rough. I would go with um let me just double check so I have this correct. Um nonstop. Uh, you also get everybody. Exactly. You get everybody and it just combines all the melodic themes and like the motifs, yep. all the light motifs. And at some point it's just like it's just a wall of sound and emotion. And like I remember like watching it and seeing like the um they move like the stairs and they move all these things and and then like especially when that that part when they they start using the history has its uh and then it's just like oh that's all it's all coming together and this is where you kind of really see that you know hamilton's going to choose his legacy over his wife because he goes when he uses his her own line against her when she when he goes look around look around and i'm like you I was about to say something. I don't know what you said. So, you, so, you, 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 you just got to do you, the, the Eliza thing. You, you didn't fat mother. You, <laughs> John Adams. Good pull Samuel Jackson. Um, and then that, that, that ends the first act, mm-hmm. the first half. And you're just like, and then I remember like the, everything went dark and we were like, what? <laughs> and then, then I realized my body functions kept, I had to go to the bathroom. So I was just like, that you're just holding everything. You're just like, it's all excitement. It's all glorious. And then bam. Yeah. I love that. That nonstop is like triggered by that one little part. That's not on the soundtrack of like when Lawrence dies. And then like, he's just like triggered. He's like, I have so much work to do. And then it just pushes into that whole sequence. And then like, yeah, like it's that classic, like musical thing where like, we have to reintroduce every single like motif, like and reintroduce every single song. Um, but in such a cool, powerful way. And yeah, shout out to my brother because that's his favorite song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nonstop is up there. Mostly because I never knew that you can phrase the writing of that many documents in such an exciting way that like Leslie Odom, like Aaron Burr did. Like Hamilton wrote the other 50, whatever. 51. Yeah, I was like, no, oh, that's so hyped. I didn't know that numbers are so exciting. <laughs> are you even doing history? Like, I'm not asking you to study, I'm just asking you to listen to the song. <laughs> whatever i know obviously that's why it's inspiring because i need to step up my game so um but uh but 
uh, after nonstop and um, uh, one last time, I think one of my favorites is uh, Washington's on your side. The Wiz Khalifa remix, <laughs> specifically. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. The ones, yeah. No, right. no, I'm just yeah. kidding. I didn't know that was allowed. <laughs> so what we can do the Hamilton mixtape. I'm, I'm just kidding. Because that's so, like, Wiz Khalifa, like, literally the only thing he took in his remix was got Washington's on your side. And he's referring to, like, dollar, the dollar bills. bills. <laughs> and I'm like, that's, you could have used any other currency. But okay, Wiz Khalifa, you go ahead. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I do like watching other side. It's just, it's such a fun song where it goes in that slow tempo and like they're conniving, they're doing that, you know, a uh, little bit of that political oh. planning and then it just explodes and like the alliteration there, like the dissonant, I can't even say all of that, what that Jefferson does. It's and, like you know, so showing good. them who they're up against. Yep. But well, yeah, we can't, we can't continue that line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These... Da, da, da. Friends. Yeah. Friends. Southern <laughs> Democratic Friends. Republicans. Well, Disney Plus posted it, so we can we can say everything except that part. But um, so yeah, and it's just so exciting, and it and then it slows down the tempo, and it's just such a fun fun song because it's it's the turn, you know, like that in storytelling, you can start to say, okay, yeah, this hero is building up, he's he's going on, and then now this is where the the climax is about to hit, and then the falling action. So right right before, um, so I think that's just an exciting part of the the musical for me. Can cool. I have honorable mentions? Oh, uh, sure. So <laughs> sure. My honorable mentions are helpless and satisfied because of the fact they had to, like, learn a piece in one direction and then, and then literally learn it. unlearn it backwards yep. on, like, a giant lazy Susan. Like, <laughs> and just, like, turning and, yeah. If you haven't, uh, what is it, uh, Wired? What's the interview that we watched? I think it was Wired. Like, uh, like, wired, tech, like, su- like tech support? Tech Hamilton support, support. Wired. yeah. Yeah, it's that yeah. one. Yeah. If you if you get a chance, watch it. It's uh, it's really good. Uh, I think JP referenced it a couple times too. Mm-hmm. So good. If we talk about the mixtape, it, it'll be my favorite song is "Wait for It," the Usher version. The Usher no. version. Mm, yes, I do like uh, Dear ja Rule the- and Ashanti. Oh, oh yeah, ja Rule. that was too. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the past. But like well, that's exactly like, what he was what? writing. Of, like that's said like he really wanted it to be like ja Rule, like long as that, blah, blah, blah. yeah so i can't obviously that i can't do that but monica oh that's another universe that will probably hit fast and Hey guys, Ethan the editor here. We've got quite a long episode here, so thanks for sticking through and listening to the podcast. Did you guys know you can follow us on Instagram at, at @urbanpix? That's P Y X, where we sometimes do giveaways to our regular listeners. Go ahead and join in on the fun. It's free. Be sure to also check out our sister podcast, Famine Fed with CC and Father Raj. Without further ado, back to your regularly scheduled truly universal. But um Okay, uh, let's let's now shift to the more of the universal side. So as we talked about, Hamilton is, you know, as Cam said, our history. You know, so we're kind of sleeping on what actually happened. Nothing new happens in the story of Hamilton. It was all there. But the reimagining that Lin-Manuel Miranda does um, is, I think, still pretty beautiful. Uh, I mean, putting in people of color, putting in rap and hip-hop um, into, into this musical, into this history is, is really well done. Uh, and I think one thing that a lot of people comment on is, hey, there are themes in even 2015 that were being seen to... When did it come out? 2015, 2016. 2016. And then now in 2020, the same musical, but again, 
different themes are being awakened because of what's going on. So just want to take a moment and let's let's talk about it. Um, what are some of those themes that you're seeing now, or even when you first watched it in 2016, 2017, that strikes you um, between Hamilton and, and the world we live in now? I think uh, it's interesting because if there's anything, I don't believe in a self-made man. I, I just don't. But if, if Hamilton seems to be a self-made man um, who rose up from nothing. But remember, he, you know, the, the people in his town raised a collection for him to go to the mainland. So he wasn't fully self-made. But he, you know, reading every treatise off the shelf, like self-learner, um, in a sense, someone embodying the, the, that central myth of the American dream. And when I say myth, I don't say it's not true. I mean that it's a sacred story for us. I'll use it in the, in the older way of looking at it. It's a sacred story in, in, in American culture, in American kind of, I'll loosely use the word religion, but the idea of the self-made man, the idea of someone who always takes the opportunities as they come. Um, but what he turns it on his head is that he doesn't stay that way. And he starts to, to really care for those around him. Um, so we have like a contrast with, we always have this the idea of the rugged individual. Um, but he isn't an individual anymore. He has a family. He has, and yes, there was a time when he ignored them, but then he comes back to them. And I think this is when he comes back to what the real sacred story of, I think a lot of America might maybe, is, you know, he, he goes back to live with his wife he goes back, you know, he he, um, he prays again, like he goes back to uh, church, um, you know, again, in contrast to the majority of the founding fathers who were more enlightenment kind of people. But um, I think we need to just be mindful of, we see like, it, in a sense, it's a tragedy, right? Like, the, a tra what, what's a tragedy? Okay, a tragedy is... This could not have gone any other way. And so the seeds of his own downfall were planted in the beginning. In fact, it's just a motif throughout the entire thing. I'm not throwing away my shot, not throwing away. So he, he never threw away a shot. And then tragically, the one time he does, he ends up dying for it. Because um, he made life all about never throwing away a shot. So it's weird that he now he does die having given up that thing that he's always been for. Um, and I think that, that we kind of look to that nowadays because we are having this crisis, I think, with, when it comes to the pandemic, right? Living for yourself or living for other people. Um, you know, do we wear the mask, you know, as a, does it signal my political, you wear the mask for other people. It's not necessary for you. Um, and so we, we see attention going back the other way. So, um, I don't know, there's, there's a lot. That's just one angle, I think. But yeah, Alexander I, I, Hamilton is a tragic figure. Yeah, sorry, that was, that was long. But, uh, no, no, that was perfect. That was perfect. Because I, I, I relate to, because I think that's another thematic difference. I, I talked about with Burr and, and Hamilton is that, what do you stand for? You know, like history talks about Burr, you know, opportunist. You know, it's kind of 
that that he represents that person like you said like the the ascent the self-made man but hamilton and bird kind of do it differently so bird does it at everything you know waiting for it you know not want to expose himself because he wants to preserve himself and then when he climbs to the top it's really selfishly like he he joins another party he doesn't have ideals that's why he loses um the election because you know hamilton says yeah you don't have ideals like i read some historian say yeah there's there's hamiltonism there's jeffersonism uh, you know you know what their uh, ideals are and their their sentiments are in the history but you don't really see burr having that and so um at the end hamilton shifts like you said i think that's beautiful where his ideals were at first was glory legacy being a martyr dying um and then he changes words he starts to realize like he lost his legacy in his son you know he's losing his his wife in that um and then he's he's realizing politics isn't worth it but what the thing he holds on to is this ideal of no there's there's truth out there there's something bigger and bird is the opposite of that and kill hamilton's willing to die for that you know to, to stand by his his thought of knowing that yeah you have to live by ideals and it just shifts and seeing that growth change i think is is beautiful and you know how many times today in in our world do we see people ascend or do things selfishly or just to get more likes or just to to follow you know what's most popular um but when you ask them to really die for the ideals like it it doesn't happen and i think that's that's kind of missing too um in every generation is that really um you know what do you stand for if it's really just for this world then you're all you're just going to fall apart but if you really find something greater in yourself whether it's faith or you know family or ideals then it's it's going to stand the test of time you know i think just kind of just to build upon both of that i mean of what both of you said um i definitely agree i think that parallel of yeah seeing that paradox of the American dream. I think he really embodies that, um, especially with Hamilton, just because you see him achieving all these things, but even though he's rising up in the ranks, even though he's like getting all these things that he wants, he's not happier. And I think like one of the reasons why he does end up going back and like to his wife and wanting to go back and be there is for the fact that he sees that like, no matter what he achieves, his legacy is never going to make him as happy, you know? And I was actually talking about this with Matt, and I think one of the things, I mean, maybe this is me looking at it from a Catholic lens, is the idea of, like, like what his vocation is, you know? Mm, yep. Because he's, I think one of the things that Hamilton really um, demonstrates is the fact that, like, you can be unfaithful to your spouse, but not just, like, with another woman, though he was, <laughs> but he was unfaithful to like his wife by having the affair. He was unfaithful to his wife because he was so caught up in focusing with his legacy and with his work and just moving up, you know, for himself. And he was unfaithful to her because he was choosing everything over her, you know, and she really like unselfishly begged, like, you know, that would be enough, you know, like that would be enough. And then he was unfaithful to like his vocation of being a father because he, I don't know. When I read through like the, the history of it, of like, oh, he gave his son, like his son had like multiple like honor confrontations, you know, but like for me, it just boggles me that like, oh, he didn't think it would really would end with a duel, but he gave his son a gun. <laughs> like I'm not here to judge his parenting. But <laughs> kind of enabling him. But like for him, 
he, I think at that moment, I kind of read into it as like, he was so focused on everything else where he was just kind of like, here, like he just kind of gave him like this weapon. He didn't really think about like, oh, think about him in the sense of like, this is my son and like, I still serve as being your father. Like really fulfilling that role. It was just kind of like, I just want to get everything done. And seeing that theme of just kind of like looking at people like society nowadays, where it's like, we look at all this list of like a bucket list, right? Like we got to do this and got to do this, got to do this, got to do this just to be happy, successful and everything. But then kind of like reflecting back on that theme that like you can have it all, but do you really, you know? And I think it kind of makes you like look back at like, like, yes, it's good to like do things for yourself, but are you doing it for yourself? Who are you doing it for and who's going to celebrate with you? Because when he died, like, it was him, you know? Like, he left everything behind, and I do fully believe that he went into that duel knowing that, like, that could be the end. And it's sad to see that, like, people kind of sometimes have that mentality of, like, everything's about me, and, like, it's about what I want and what I can achieve, but they forget that they're called to something greater, you know, to serve other people, to have the joys of life with those other people. Um, just kind of going from that, like, again, the, the, the Catholic lens is something I was really, really thinking about and being a Catholic in America right now too, is just really, really interesting. You know, we're thinking of, um, different, different churches, you know, that have been, been, you know, targeted and, and, you know, being burned and, um, you know, and even different, you know, um, saints and statues and, um, but it's like, what are we doing, um, you know, in America as Catholics to, to kind of like, um, you know, like, I feel like as, you know, for us being, being, well, at least for, I mean, speak for, for us, like as, as Filipinos or like daughter or uh, me as a daughter of, of immigrants, we, we have parents that, that grew up and, and had that desire for an American dream. And then they shared that. Um, and then we kind of hold on to those, hold on to the reins of like the politics that are tied to it and, and being very firm. So like, but also being Catholic, like, okay, do I hold on to these like really, really heavy, strict perspectives on, on politics? And it's a really weird thing to do in America now, because like, you know, it's, it's not just black, it's not just black and white. Like you can't just here as Catholic, you just cover all of this stuff. Like you are this party, that party. And, and I think, I guess looking at, at Hamilton and thinking of like Hamilton versus Burr, like, do we, where do Catholics fit into, do we choose to rise up or do we choose to just like talk less, smile more and just kind of like be complicit in letting things happen and not really doing everything. And, um, you know, being, being in America and, you know, we have those different freedoms of, um, I wore my like JP two shirt and thinking of like that idea of like, um, you know, of, of, of freedom and how it's like to do what we ought to do it responsibly. And like, do we know how to do that in America? Like what, what does that really mean? Um, you know, like when, like, we, like what Cam was talking about with, with a vocation, like, do we think outside of ourselves or is it just really, you know, for ourselves only? Um, and I think that's a hard lesson that the U S is, now learning today so yeah you guys hit a lot <clears throat> sorry 
Stones. A little uh, emotional. Little JP's emotional, a little emotional. He's, emotional. He's, he's, proud of, <laughs> he's proud of his disciples and how far they've come. I, uh, you, a lot of, I agree with a lot of what everyone was saying. Um, but it's, I find it very interesting that the lyrics in Hamilton, with everything that's going on in society today with America, they relate it relates so well it's just surprising uh, whether it's like immigrants we get the job done or like if you stand for nothing bird what do you fall what will you fall for like you, with everything that's going on you can see like all these parallels and it's i think that's also why i think we, we said this right this is the reason why i think hamilton is such a huge thing again after it got we got premiered we got the movie out because it everyone can relate to a line or something in that in the musical that, that affects them like on a day-to-day basis yep i agree i agree and i think that's the beauty of of any piece of literature really talk about themes of the macro versus the micro so on the macro level in hamilton what do we have uh the revolution um and in the first half and the second half is is um dealing with how to maintain and grow america and i feel like you know, today, that's kind of what we're going through, like a little mini revolution. It's not the same type of oppression where it's a, a separate nation going on right now, but see what, how, how much systemic racism is going on. And it's controversial, even if I say systemic racism, just like in, in Hamilton, where there was like the guy that was like, oh, he not the war, you know, he not the talks of revolution, everything's okay. Um, and you have that today happening right now where people are like, oh, racism doesn't exist. You know, it's 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 okay. Like where, where everything's all right. But then there's people fighting saying like, it, it's there, guys, like fight for it. So we have those figures. Um, and I feel like on a macro level, that's, that's beauty, beautiful. Um, and on the micro level, I think the themes of a, of a personal, you know, love, loss, forgiveness. Um, I think those are themes that people relate with. So I, I think that's a mark of a good piece of, of musical of literature is that you can relate to it on a big level. As, as JP said, immigrants, we get the job is done. Like I think Lin-Manuel in one of his interviews said like, yeah, it hits more now than when we first wrote it because of everything that happened with our current administration and, and the, the policies that happened. Uh, another line that I think is kind of interesting is when they're debating, uh, by the way, if all like if C-SPAN did everything in uh, like rap battles, I would watch C-SPAN all the time. <laughs> oh, like that'd be so interesting seeing like uh, all the dudes on that. But anyways, um, so like they they're uh, talking about should they involve themselves in the France's uh, battle with with uh, was it England, right? Um, and then I think George Washington and Jefferson have this line where it's like, oh. Uh, Jefferson's like the people are leading, and then George Washington is like They're the people rioting. are rioting. I'm like, oh shoot, you know, like that's happening right now. Like, um, there's this controversy of like, are the riots, you know, are they good? They're calling a- awakening this this uh, you know systemic racism, these problems in our world. But you know, is is there a a voice that's leading and trying to lead the charge, or is it just kind of emotions going on? And that's what I get worried about is that if we don't have people like Hamilton or people like a founding fathers, as controversial as they are, which we'll talk about a bit, kind of leading this thought process and really pushing through about how we can actually revolutionize, how we can fight the systemism. We might fall into this place of just a lot of social media angst and, and anger and emotions and canceling and, and destroying of things, which again, is, is good because it wakens it up, but we need, we need some people out there to lead us in a productive way, just as you know our nation was, albeit 
not perfect. Um, so yeah, let's do it. All right. So this one is uh, Mark had to uh, look at my question because he had to fix it a little bit because I think I came off a little too too cheeky. But uh, uh, I'll, I'll just lay it out here. So often controversial historical figures such as Alexander Hamilton or events such as the Spanish colonization uh, get whitewashed or canceled by contemporary culture. So how well did Hamilton portray the life of its namesake and how should we properly view these controversial uh, and interpret these historical figures and events? So, for example, I think in the Catholic faith, Juniper Sarah was one where he was uh, this very, you know, in the Catholic faith in California, this really important figure for establishing the missions, establishing the Catholic faith, defending the indigenous cultures. But um, in light of all the things that are going on, there's statues of him all over the place that are being removed, being called out for because of his, his problems. Uh, in the same way, couldn't we say like Hamilton, you know, Jefferson, all those people, they they were complicit to slavery. They were complicit to these things. They didn't involve the freedom of all men, including black lives um in the time so how do we deal with that that portrayal and is that okay heavy questions let's see who wants to take a crack at it i don't know i guess i kind of see it as i think going and watching hamilton knowing the history of things i think at a certain level you have to see that hamilton is still a musical you know like it won't be able to cover this whole realm of like all the different perspectives and everything like it would not only take away from the storyline but it just there wouldn't be enough time you know and i feel like if we kind of just look at hamilton itself i think at the bare minimum it got people to start looking you know and i feel like that's something it did do really successfully right it made people start looking and what um, the screenwriters really took or the scriptwriters took was they took some objective truths and some like bits and pieces of like historical knowledge and put that together and made a show, you know? And yes, like if we kind of go through the idea that like not everything's going to be accurately portrayed because realistically, I mean, history is not pretty, you know, mm, yep. it's not something that's super marketable, but they marketed it through like contemporary means. And I think when it comes to like interpreting like all the historical figures and events, I think it's up to us, especially in a world and a society that has access to so much information to really dig deep into that. Like, yes, we grew up with, especially like here in the States, like with this whitewashed version of American history. Right. And as much as people criticize it, I always tell people, like, just on a comparative level, not to say that it's right, but every country does it. And, like, taking those means and taking those opportunities to really delve into it and find those other perspectives, you know. People always complain about how it's, like, hidden, but honestly, it's not as hidden as people think it is. It's just asking the right questions. Mm, yep. And I think... Yes, every historical figure, whether you did everything like right or not, you know, people are always going to find ways to criticize and people are always going to be able to nitpick at some part of like your history or something you've done. But I think it kind of goes back to like, what were their intentions? And then how does that intersect with the culture and the time? Because I feel like that's one thing I've 
really learned with just even studying like politics that no matter like what someone does, there's always going to be something like there's always going to be a skeleton in their closet, but it's up to us to see like what caused that, you know, dig deeper because Mm. digging deeper then puts the responsibility also on us of if you have access to this information, look for it, ask those questions, think deeper because we're in a society that sometimes just takes a convenient method of like, Oh, well, this is what Hamilton did in the play, or this is what I was taught in a history book. It's like, unlearn it, take the initiative to it. You know, like if we look up to Hamilton because he took the initiative to do all these different things, then we ourselves should also take initiative to look to see what we can do, how we can take initiative. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally, totally. And to gel off of that, I think that's the danger of our society right now, at least with social media. It's that um, if you don't agree with a certain, you know, kind of notion, you get canceled. It's like, I hate it. I hate it so much. Like everyone talks about it, canceled, oh, cancel culture. But unfortunately, that seems to be the, the way that we look at people's lives. Like, you know, these big social media stars are getting canceled because people are finding, you know, racist things about them. And, and I'm not saying that, hey, cancellation is bad. But as you said, Cam, I think it gets into a dicey territory where you try to look at history and be like, all right, let's cancel history. Like you you can't just like cancel what made us about, like there's a, there's, we can grow from it. And I think that's the beauty of the Catholic faith um, and how we deal with our controversies. Like I'll, I'll be the first one to admit, man, the Catholic church has some crazy history. Um, Like not just Juniper Sarah, but like, like we joke about the crusaders and like, like as much as, as beautiful as the crusaders were like in actuality, um, if you watch the Orlando Bloom um, documentary, Kingdom uh, of Heaven, King- it's not a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> is it Morgan Freeman in that one? Yeah, no, yeah. it's not. <laughs> is but, he uh, Saladin? Is he God? Yeah, oh, he's God. Yeah, that's oh, that's a different documentary uh, on uh, Bruce Almighty. Yes, I'm familiar. But as Cam said, like I, I like I'm, I resonate with that. Like, do the history, look back, and stare at the ugliness. And learn from it you know don't do the extremes of either canceling it completely and saying you're i can't learn anything from you because of your your skeletons in the closet because you own slaves and and don't do the opposite where it's like i'm going to forgive you of your history because of the great you did find the middle ground you did stuff that helped make our nation the certain way you made the church today to make history the certain way but you also did stuff that didn't help um and having that dialogue is is i think the what i really hope this next generation, or even this current generation, starts to do more um, when we when we talk. But it's just unfortunately, it's easier to retweet someone. It's easier to share an Instagram story, um, which is they're good, you know, to bring awareness and start. But unfortunately, a lot of people stop there. You know, that's that's their their feed is all they know. And um, I, like I just a hundred percent agree, Cam, that people need to go deeper and need to help help them. Yeah, I was thinking of like um, like uh, when I was in college and, you know, I, I went to you know, SF state and being, being Catholic, um, mm. so very, <laughs> I was very, I'm very grateful for this season because, you know, there, again, I, I have to ask myself constantly, what, what am I, you know, what is my role as a Catholic or as a person of faith, but, you know, to, to, what am I portraying? What is, what is being seen? Um, and you know, this was like different, you know, Filipino orgs, like that were talking about like why, you know, the Catholic church, church was bad. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. like, um, you know, and, and just like a lot of different things. And, you know, I, I was very grateful for the fact that like, 
I had taken the time to to dig deep into to why we believe what we believe. Um, but I don't. I think people just stop at like if my favorite celebrity said this about this topic, I'm gonna stop there, and you know I'm going to believe this. And and then, um, but I think I'm one of the things that I'm, I'm wondering about is as you know as a teacher, like for my middle schoolers who are now like high schoolers, like what you know where are you getting your information? Like, are you asking, like, how do we teach, you know, even myself, like, how do we, you know, teach everyone to become critical thinkers, like critical consumers of, of knowledge, like, you know, that you don't just go to the first source that you found, but you, you look for more, you know, reasons behind, you know, behind things. And I think um, when Lin-Manuel was talking about like 2020 versus 2016, when Hamilton came out, you know, he was saying, like, he doesn't deny the fact that the founding fathers had these, like, original sins of slavery in, you know, in their in their lives. And, like, you know, like, we we are we get it now. I think I think a lot of people are, like, opening their eyes to, like, you know, Jefferson and, 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 slavery, and even George Washington. Like, you know, this is things that were like I like you you're saying, Cam, like this was the time, you know, we we didn't know. And then, you know, years from now, there's going to be something that looks completely um, completely different. And, and, you know, you know, God willing, I feel like, um, you know, the more that I, I am grateful for, for our faith, for the fact that, um, that I, I'm really trying to, and it, it's such a weird thing too, that, that like, I feel like the church and, and, and God is being portrayed in this, in, in a different light nowadays too. Um, and, and it's very, you know, it's, it's very challenging. Um, but like to, to, to really, to really ask, you know, like the Holy Spirit in, in the things that I'm consuming, um, because it becomes, you know, very, you know, just, just overwhelming. Um, but how am I, how am I asking myself about like certain things that I, you know, that I, they take in, um, and, and how can I be responsible, you know, with it? Am I just going to take things for face value? Um, so I mean, being able to acknowledge, you know, acknowledge wounds of the past, be able to acknowledge certain things, but like, I feel very like when, when people say like, hold your, you know, be accountable, but it's like in such an angry way, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like in America, and I think we, we're just so tired right now. And there's just, um, there's a lack of empathy and, and, and compassion in this growing process that we're all in together. Um, like there's this idea of being one body is just so divided. And I think the evil one is harping on that, like, and, and recognizes that, but, um, you know, I think it's a unique time in history um, in America um, that we're, we're all starting to recognize it. And I think, um, are we, what are we going to do about it? Are we going to rise up? Are we going to rise to that occasion? You know, I, I had this weird moment where it's like, you know what? The history isn't that different from the, uh, now. You know, people get into like DM wars and like hate on each other. You know what the equivalent was in Hamilton? They got into duels. Someone actually <laughs> died. Our generation's soft. You know, maybe, maybe we need to bring back... <laughs> Maybe we need to bring back duels to, you know. What? Um, friends, if we're going to duel, we're going to use Nerf guns. This brings me back um, to um, my first point for my five-point plan. Um, <laughs> give plan. guns. I give mean, guns to, to, be, be. to be fair, I believe when dueling was kind of like being erased, they started using wax bullets. So no one really died afterwards after a while. Oh. So, like, you would feel the bullet. Like, okay, I lost. So it's, it's just like, I'm alive. I lost. I know I lost because I got shot. Soft. That generation is soft. All right, soft. guys. So we just start fencing. We're just going to do that with little plastic tips. <laughs> Trial will, by combat. Ian, Ian, Ian will destroy all of us. So we're reaching that. I have a couple more questions for you, everyone. So one is, um, I, 
One I want to ask oh. is, let's bring it, oh, unless you have other thoughts. Do you, anyone want to share any other thoughts? Yeah. I, I, I think, I hate to be the downer here, but you're calling for things that I don't know if we can do as a society. That's true. Like, at large, writ large. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't have the attention span. We're only dealing with the sound bites. And yes, this is like this yeah. is the chance to rise up. Yes, but people aren't taking that. They just it's it's become formalistic. Like the second someone's, oh, you're a Democrat. Oh, I know exactly what you believe. Mm-hmm. You're a Republican. I know exactly what you believe, mm-hmm. and I don't need to talk to you because you're stupid. Yeah, you those know? Southern mother. <laughs> and when they were one, when they were Democratic Republicans. But um, <laughs> it's the the rough part is like for for a lot of things. Like I have to go and tell someone. Someone when I when I disagree with the zeitgeist, you know, a student might ask me, "Well, why why do you believe that?" Like the ones who are like, the ones who won't cancel me will be like, "Why do you believe that?" I said, "All right, I'm gonna have to warn you. You're gonna have to have a conversation for like an hour or two, yeah, and I have to like, walk you through it." And they're like, "Oh, I don't got that time." Yeah. Like, well, just, and that's the thing. That's the worry. Like, that's my worry. And I'm not saying that this won't happen. I'm just saying I worry about. The state of discourse in America, I worry about the state of um, just our unity as a republic, as a union. Um, I mean, but who knows? I mean, I think also, I also sometimes think that if sports were back, half of the problems we could complain about would not even, we wouldn't complain about them. Like, in the sense of like, (laughs) we wouldn't, like, these, either they wouldn't happen or they, they wouldn't be in the national eye, or that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I, maybe I'm being a little too pessimistic. but um, And also, and, uh, and the thing about the, the big danger with cancel culture, I think, is that formalistic cancel culture is, how can we reach anywhere if I can't talk honestly with you? Yeah. Like, I don't want to infantilize, like, certain communities because they they now have, like, an advantage over me. Um, or they are more, you know, like, like, you know, I can't say the truth to certain communities or what I think to be the truth because it sounds, um, offensive to them. Um, you know, whether you speak truth to power, right? Like that's what we're called to do, right? We're, we're called to be prophets, right? To, and what does the prophet do? The prophet comforts the afflicted and afflicts the comfortable. Hmm. And we've kind of settled in a lot of comfortable trenches, um, but now with the state of discourse where, oh, I don't have to listen to you at all. Like, how can we have actual conversation? And, um, the art of conversation is just kind of out the window. Doesn't and, help uh, that we can't see people. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, yeah. wa- I watch some, I watch some government things online and I'm just like, wow, this is interesting, yeah. but I, I'm not going to go into that. So. Well, we just don't even have role models really anymore for conversation. I mean, when I first started getting to poli sci, like one of my, well, he's still my mentor. Like he warned about like the greatest downfall to politics will be the lack of conversation because people, I think one of the scary parts when it comes to cancel culture, it's not even just canceling. It's like invalidating. And like that mere invalidation doesn't allow people to have opinions or questions. It it expects everyone to just know. And like, like Amber Gray said, I mean, we're in a society that doesn't force us to critically think. Right. And when you're presented with so much information that could easily be 
retweeted or shared on like Instagram or like with a quick like on Facebook, it doesn't even present us with like the motivation to want to dig deeper. It's just kind of like, yeah, well, I trust them and like that has to be true. Why would they lie to me? It's just that, I mean, if we go with the pessimistic stance, yeah, everyone has their own agenda, whether they like it or not, you know, it's just built into our human nature. But that doesn't, I feel like people really try to use that as like a scapegoat, you know, of like, well, I don't need to prove that to you to tell you why I believe what I believe. People can't really analyze, I think, the information in front of them of like what's happened and what's going on because they don't even have the, the skills to analyze themselves and think, why do I believe what I believe, you know, sit down and be like, okay, maybe I'm don't fully believe this. I believe this and this and this with a certain caveat because of what I've experienced. People don't feel that skill of like self-analysis to be useful. So if they can't analyze themselves, how do they analyze the world? The world to them is just disposable and that everything to them is just, well, I believe it. And that's all that matters. Yeah. yeah. And it's sad. It's really sad. It's sad. And even on like a, a pseudo, I'm not going to pretend to be a psychologist, but on a neurological level, it feels good to be affirmed in what you believe in and not be challenged. And it, hey, it's it's hurtful to be saying, hey, you could be wrong. You know what? Why, why can't we approach it like Burr and Hamilton where they were arguing, but they still called each other your obedient servant? You know, <laughs> you need to bring that back, you know, compliment each other, but still hate on each other. We can do that. It's like they were still friends. Like it was such a weird like relationship they had. Like they were still like, enemies. Is what, enemies. Is what yeah, they, they you'd, frenemies. You'd call it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the OG frenemies. So, yeah. No, this is good. This is good. I think it's a theme that we Hamburger. Oh, that could have been their name. Sorry. Hamburger. <laughs> oh, I, I think we have a title for our podcast. Hamburger. Hamburger. <laughs> our obedience segment. All right. So uh, a couple questions. Let's let's transition to, to closing out. But I want to ask you guys more on a personal level. Um, up to you how personally what I go. What is something that you'll, y'all, you'll take away from Hamilton, whether it's, you know, deep political insights or personal revelations or just, I, I know how to sing better, you know, um, what <laughs> you it, I'm just kidding. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> so what are, what are things that you guys will take with you from personal level from Hamilton or have, t- have taken, taken, have taken Liam Nielsen, JP, I'm just calling on you right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> what th- I think thinking about ha- Hamilton, like the whole idea of taking a shot, like you being able to do what's good for you, if that that makes that makes any sense um, to whether it is like uh, spiritually or like trying to get ahead of the times. That doesn't make sense, does it? I don't know. If you say it confidently, it does. Okay. It does. Ahead of shoot your the- shot, JP. <laughs> Godfather, you can say what you want. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I just think it's um, like one of the things that was having people like believing yourself. I mean, yeah. um, it's something Hamilton did, and look what like it rocketed his career up to what he was able to do. So it's it's something that I have like personally been like, oh, I should like be more proactive in my life, like do things that are better for my life, better than to just you know just lie down and watch TV or see on twitter see how like what's the world reacting like and not react not 
well, how are you not reacting to the world, but you reacting to the world? I think I just repeated myself, but whatever. <laughs> you, hey, I, I felt it. I, I understood <laughs> what you're saying. Yeah, not just being a, not just waiting for it, you know, yeah. not being a burr. Not, not being, being a burr, but turning to a Hamilton. Got it. No, that was good. That was good. Which is okay for you, Ian, even though you feel like you're burr, it's fine. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Um, um, oh, wait, am I going to have to shoot JP? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unless we do, I mean, unless you're we do really, fencing. really good friends. We can do uh, yeah, fencing. Yeah. <laughs> Nerf, Nerf duel. Hear me out. Nerf duel. It'll be more than six feet apart. I think for me, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could do that with fencing. Um, I think with me, it's just thinking about um, legacy. I mean, what is a legacy? Seeds. So, Planting seeds in a garden you don't yep. get to see. You never get to see. Um, and that ties me to Oscar Romero, right? The idea of like we 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 might be working on things, and that you know we're not the master builder. We don't see the whole thing at once, right? Um, and it really depends on your viewpoint, though, right? So this is okay. This is another thing, not necessarily with the. Um, oftentimes we get discouraged with what we work with, um, but then we, we we fail to see the right thing. I mean, to see the right lens because it's all building something. And if if I were just to be focused on myself, which is what Hamilton was in the beginning, um, I can't make it true legacy. Because um, something that would really outlive me has to be focused not on me, on something else, on something higher. And so that idea of, um, you know, you, there's that story of like, uh, someone comes up to three different builders, like stone workers. And one's like, hey, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm earning my wages for the day. Okay. Walks over to the next stone worker. He's like, oh, I'm making a block. Okay. And then I was <laughs> like, I'm building a cathedral. And, and, and it, they're all do it's all the same thing in a sense. They're all doing the same action, but one of them has a perspective that it transcends himself. Um, I always like that guy in the middle was like, I'm building, I'm making a blog. Anyway, um, <laughs> Minecraft. So yeah. I think about yeah. that too, with like, um, like I, I, I have like, you know, all, all these like moleskin journals filled with like different things. And I think of like how, how, you know, other people are like, Oh, these are things that you jokingly call like your saint autobiographies. Like one day, because you know, you think about like um, who, who will tell your story. And I think that's a really cool uh, a really powerful thing to think about is like, you know, especially as, as teachers, you know, or people in ministry, even, you know, like, I mean, whether you're doing youth ministry, you can tell them all these things and try to teach all these things, but you have no idea until like years down the line, if it's ever going to matter. Um, you know, and then even, I think you think of, you know, our, you know, I try to think of like my parents and whatever they have tried to pass on. Um, and, and whatever those, those stories, like how those are being, um, shared but i think like when i think of hamilton like all the things that really stick out are just like a lot of the you know the stories of redemption um you know and forgiveness aside from catchy lyrics and and really really good music that i you know that gets stuck in your head um but just the ideas of you know of redemption and, and forgiveness are still probably one of my favorite things and how that's a powerful legacy too of just like being able to to forgive and and to carry out that that mission as a team dang it everything is, is my perspective as a wife 
I think that's <laughs> that's not a bad thing. Same guys. here. Same here. As a wife. <laughs> As a wife. What? As a wife. Be your wife. Throw Mariah. I'm gonna throw Mariah out. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I think uh, for me, uh, not the sourdough starter. Um, but um, so uh, I think I, I relate to to. To JP and Ian uh, as well in, in both Burr and Hamilton uh, as opposites, but for me it's more of uh, lean towards what motivates me. You know, I think I really look at at Burr and going back to what Ian said, that self-made man. You know, what motivates me and um, what keeps me motivated. I think a lot of times, you know, we can strive for for greatness and for being like the strongest. And sometimes when we get to that part to the top, we get relaxed. Like, okay, we're we're here already. Um, I, I can just kind of rest on my laurels and, and continue forth on, on what I've done so far uh, in cruise. Um, but, you know, you look at Hamilton, who was hungry, like who, he came as an orphan. He came, you know, um, I was going to say Puerto Rico, but that's Lin-Manuel, not because uh, Lin-Manuel is Puerto Rican, right? He's <laughs> Scottish. Hamilton is Scottish. Um, and we, Yeah, we're going to the West Indies, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, so just seeing what's your motivation and how, how hungry it was, like, you know, the right, like nonstop writing, like, you know, running out of time. Um, and he was really, really just motivated uh, in that way. Whereas Burr was just kind of, he, I think if I remember correctly, he, you know, he talks about his, his uh, grandfather was a Firestone preacher. 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 Um, preacher. He had a namesake. Preacher. preacher. Um, he had just this lineage. And I joke about the Vegeta mindset, but like, yeah, I just kind of be like, I, I deserve this and uh, I should be there. And that's what motivates him is to try to just, get what he thinks he deserves you know be in that room not because he wants to make a difference but because he wants to be what he thinks he deserves to be that person why does he jump you know jump parties to be the most you know influential and not at, at what cost at the cost of his own you know ideals um and i that's kind of something i want to take away it's like do i make sure that everything i do really is the ideals you know is it being you know what being is it me being the best husband to amber or is it rather you know, me being the best husband to Amber. Wait, <laughs> did I just repeat that? Uh, for myself, you know, that, that's what I meant. So do it for myself or is it to really help Amber enjoy our marriage? You know, and I think those are the things I think about is... Am.burr. Am.burr. <laughs> so. I'm dead. Uh, yeah, I think for me, the biggest takeaway was really why am I doing what I'm doing? I guess it kind of falls on that same theme of like the legacy, right? Like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I doing it because like, I want to see that instant gratification. I want to be able to see like the fruits of like my labor or am I doing it because at the end of the day, like my goal should be not to try to like take credit for everything. Right. But kind of just to plant those seeds, you know, I always joke with Matt, like, Oh, you know, I want people to be like have all these like seeds planted. I want the world to look like an everything bacon. <laughs> you know, just like a little bit of this, a little, little bit of that. And I think like watching Hamilton made me really reflect on that, you know, because I think about like the my early years, like when I started politics and like it really was about me. It was like, what do I have to do to move up? Like I was so willing to just sacrifice everything. I didn't, I sacrificed my time, my well-being, my friendships, like my own beliefs, my own morals, just because I wanted to get ahead. And like my obsession with like, I need to like, I need to make a name for myself, right? I was 
so like worried about like, oh, like what are people going to think of me, you know, when they look back on those years? And I think watching Hamilton's story really made me like reflect of like, like these past couple of years, like understanding that like, yeah, there is something outside of myself. Like, what am I striving for? It's not to like make the world happy. It's to be able to leave my mark on the world, but to the people who those seeds are planted in, you know, whether it's being like a good daughter or being a good student or like my own kids that I had, like my own youth in that sense of like, I want to be their person. I don't want to just be the person for the world or just for myself, you know, because at the end of the day, I think one of the things Hamilton had to kind of learn the hard way was that when it was all just about him, he had to enjoy the fruits of his labor mm. by himself. And that ultimately led to like him just being unhappy, you know? And if we really strive to be happy, then we need to understand like, why are we happy? And what does happiness look like to us? Is it being on top or is it having like those people to enjoy the view with? You yeah. know? Agree. Agree. So takes us to our, our last question of the, uh, the wonderful podcast is if your life became a historical biographical musical if you can you know what would the title be and what musical genre would it revolve around <laughs> I, okay. I i i thought of of my old tumblr it was kind it's kind of working like mm. that would be the title of my play kind of working I remember this Tumblr. Yes, it was it was my Tumblr because my life because my life is kind of working. That that <laughs> I don't know. I was young. I love Tumblr. And it, <laughs> it, that's the only thing I think of right now. And then if genre, I mean, I was joking about K-pop, but <laughs> I think that that would hit. They would, would use work. your Tumblr to write the script. <laughs> Oh I don't know. <laughs> That's a lot of, uh. a lot of angst. Exactly. That's a lot of angst. Yeah, a lot of anime with subtitles. <laughs> oh man, is it up still? A lot of doc- I Dr. just said Who. it out loud. Everyone... <laughs> oh, you did. Someone search for it. Hey, we'll give we'll give away Urban Pick stickers uh, to those who first person to find it. Screen and screenshot it. Screenshot and send, and send it. it to us. Uh, mine would be uh, also oh, a play. I, sorry, I found it. Oh, looks like it's live, guys. Yeah, Let's see. Bring it back. Bring, Bring it Tumblr back. back. Kinda working. No, 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 oh. no. I, double points for who finds Cam's Tumblr. Um, I will admittedly say my Tumblr. I was that person who did have like a Tumblr, and I used to go like to Tumblr meetups and stuff. But honestly, like it Tumblr was the best and worst thing that happened. Like I had. Like, genuinely, like, a good following. I had, like... Yeah, okay, this sounds like a weird-ass flex, but, like, I had, like, the thousands of followers. And I actually do have a lot of friendships that, like, I did have out of it. But, like, the moment that the anonymity was gone, like, for, like, high school meet, oh, it was was torture. Like, being dragged through and everyone being like, oh, was this message subliminally about me? Oh, you were some... Oh. People did not believe me. Yeah. No, for me, I was like, 
y'all tripping like honestly like most of like my writing because it was like a writing thing right so people like would share it and stuff and so people would be like really try to read into it of like oh she get her heart broken honestly like everyone like did not believe me except maybe for like a couple people that i still like keep in touch keep in contact with to this day and like i told them i was like honestly 90 percent of the stuff i wrote like i grew up watching like those delicious <laughs> and so like i would take like the character's point of view and like write about it or like if like i gone to let's say a fight with my parents i would write about it but i would take it from like the perspective of like the fly on the wall and I was here like, y'all really tripping. You think this is about you? If the shoe fits. <laughs> if the shoe fits. <laughs> oh. well, what's, that mu- what's that musical with the guy that broke his arm and then he writes? Oh, Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, is that kind of like how you were? Like you wrote about. <laughs> I like how Ian did answer. He was like. <laughs> no, I, I knew it. I didn't want to. It's too hype for me. I can't. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh. It's not my okay. thing. Sorry, guys. Here we go. Okay, so so back to. to... Dear Mr. E. <laughs> That actually might very well be the, the title of mine. All right. yes. So yes. that or like, yeah, 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 yeah. Dear Mr. E. What would be the Ooh. genre and or other working titles? Chronicles of an INTP. <laughs> Shout out to Myers Briggs. And, and then it would be like a bunch of. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I like all kinds of genres, but I, I for some reason I imagined Daft Punk doing. Oh, uh, that'd be sick. I don't wow. know how that would be a musical, so, but like. <laughs> Well, it I know, like I EDM. know. Oh, yeah. Like, it'll be an EDM show. Or have Pharrell. It's a, it's a very simple lyrics. It's just someone thought no, over and over you, again. No, it'll be you. You'll be that one where you just, just keep talking about your life and they'll put a beat over it. Like, like William Shatner? <laughs> oh, yeah, like the yeah. Marauder song? It's like when I was four or five, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> used to play, play in the sandbox. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ian, I don't know how, how we're going to work that into your campaign, but you know, we're going to do it. It, it. it has to be after the campaign. Def, def punk. Be, you need, right. It needs content for the campaign. Oh, uh, it be part of the musical. Um, so, man, I talk about Tumblr. My Tumblr name was Law of Rents. And I. Yes. I, I, I think, yeah, it would be a musical about just literally things I learned and like my law isms. Kind of like Zombieland at the beginning, where it's like the law of zombies. Like, I'd probably do that. Like, don't um, that'll be your 10 dual commandments 10 dual <laughs> yeah uh don't date your potential future wife's best friend um Oops. whoops uh <laughs> oh, oh i didn't bring that up oh actually I did not date yeah but did not sure we, which i didn't i didn't did date not. no you didn't that's why it's a rule but say so, yeah so it'd be this weird thing uh and the genre would be. Oh. I like that Sarah Borealis. Borealis? Borealis. Borealis? Sarah Borealis. Sarah Borealis? Sarah So she did a musical, but it's kind of like. It sounds like her songs, but with a little bit of musical. So I would do that, but I would have like YouTube, Filipino, Asian people, like Gabe Bondog. <laughs> you want Gabe Bondog to write your musical? Yeah, and like. Want to do some like OPM? OPM like, yeah, like Jaris or whatever. Jaris? Jaris. Okay. MYMP. You bring back one voice. Oh, and, shoot. And Kai, <laughs> four corners, one Support voice. Locals. Four corners. So, yeah, it'd be just a throwback. My, oh, my musical would be a lot of rabbits. I'm looking at my Tumblr right now, and it's a lot of posts <laughs> <and> rabbits. Freestyle. <laughs> oh, like, so like, I feel like it's about furries. Like Georgia Rabbit. No, <laughs> furries. Cam. Not furries. Cam. That's the, that's the mm. off Broadway version. You know what? I realized we just open doors, and Cam just walks through them. So. 
We have to make sure the doors are closed for I don't know. She makes her own doors sometimes. Like I didn't think there was a door there. That's true. <laughs> All right. Who else who else has a musical that they, they got? I don't know. Like I, I guess I wanna stick with like my crafting hashtag, right? With the like the you can do it, but it just sounds like a ripoff of <laughs> <laughs> Literally, are you a children's musical? Is that what be yours? Oh, like? you could they could do it like like Nick or, Jr. like Playhouse Disney Live. Oh, you can do oh, it. Yeah, that's in my head. That's what I was oh, thinking. I, I just see like, people wow, dancing. Like, it sounds like a children's or, version. Or, <laughs> like I want this to be on ice for or, some reason. Or it could and be Avenue Q. I Avenue Q my, did this oh. like a Sesame Street playoff yeah. where it was like a lot of so Good. Oh no, not having a yeah, cue. But I just want my whole thing to just rhyme and have like cute little alliterations. And like, I, like people would audition by seeing like they'd be given a topic and they just have to see how many puns they can make. You know, like I need people who can improv puns. That is the story All of right, my life. There we go. You Cam do it. <laughs> you can do it. So Cam the Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's the like your uh, nameplate. Uh, oh, those are yeah. Yeah, for those of you at home, you can't see this, but JP is showing us his Tumblr. And it's adorable. And there's JP. A... I feel like this works with like any Hamilton song. It would just so. your poster for your musical yeah. would just have like a bunny, but like a you know. Oh, it's one of those like you drive by, so that looks yep. like a moose. I'll just be doing that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the head bob. The head bob. What was that movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and the bunny was kind of scary? Oh, uh, Donnie Darko. Donnie Darko. Mad World. Donnie Darko. Such a good one. All around me. Oh, my goodness. I can't. I can't. It's really hard. I can't choose a genre. Um, Part of me wanted to be. Ask the music teacher to put what genre. I don't know. They're all good. Um. I would want it to be like everything. Dance. I want it to be everything. Like I mm. want it to be like part Anastasia, you know, and then like part like, you know, part once, you know, but also like part waitress. And like, oh, wow. <laughs> so good. Once is so good. But like, um, and I wouldn't know what, I don't know. You got to give me time for these things, man. You got to give me time for these things. But I mean, I guess mine would like play off of Rents because we would somewhat share a timeline, I guess. So. The, the true law. So if yours the should law. have a backwards timeline. Oh, no, not, not, uh, what's his name? Oh, like the last five oh. years? Uh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Except it's going to be so last good. 80 years because we're going to make it till end, and it's going to be you're, great. You're Mary, yeah. And it's going to so be beautiful. Mariah, the star, sourdough star. Like Mariah. It. <laughs> this is how it, this is how it should have gone with that one. I don't even remember. What was If they were healthy, if they were healthy people, <laughs> yeah. That well, I would probably want, like, cool jazz uh, songs in it like but i wouldn't even know how that would go i wouldn't want like like not west side story i don't know i have to, i'm gonna do research i want to make this happen i'm just kidding there we go you ask a music teacher and she's actually thinking of the melodies Why already so you, do this to me? you know what i think on the on the patreon we should um whenever, <laughs> so I, I keep saying we can have a patreon but we're not Dude, we're but, close. Um, we need a fund we should have like a hidden recording of us of the the TU crew, like, doing a number from Hamilton. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, uh, all right. Speaking of Patreons, we are announcing that we still don't have a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, we are still going. Oh, you know how... Stickers. I think we have it. We've... Uh, this is our, I think, 13th episode. Um, it's amazing that we were able to do this in the middle of pandemic. So, we appreciate your support for you listeners out there. 
but please continue to support us. We're actually um, we got some uh, we got an intern that uh, is doing our social media, and we're hoping that we can do a big push. So uh, if you can thank us, if you like this content, I know this is so cliche, and I wa I didn't want to do this for the longest time, but click like, subscribe, you know, uh, go go on Apple yeah. Podcasts, Spotify. That's why you want. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, just share it with your friends and family if you like it. Go on social media. We're going to do some cool things uh, upcoming week. Uh, if you've noticed, we've had um, uh, kind of hints at the, the episode drops. Uh, we're going to do some giveaways this week. We have some really cool Urban Pick stickers that have been sitting in my closet for like a year. But uh, <laughs> it's been on my bottle. So I've, everyone's been asking, like, how do I, how do I get that? I'm like, I, I don't know yet. I'll figure it out how, how to give it. So some people have it. So just uh, some contests, check out our, uh, our Instagram, our social media, check out the website. Um, you know, the outro is going to reiterate all of that for you. Um, also, check out Famine Fed, our uh, sister, brother podcast. I don't know what you, what you call it uh, with Father Raj and Cece. Sis yeah, sister. Works. It's just... It's their FF, FF podcast. podcast. There's some really good content out there. Um, uh, for them so check it out you can go to urbanpicks.com to see all of that uh, check out the spotify apple podcasts google podcasts all that good stuff uh, at, uh coinciding with uh comic-con uh during that weekend uh, jp here will be dming um a campaign with some members from truly universal and some members from uh the average nerd podcast so um you know friends of the show um so and one of the people on that podcast is my brother-in-law so you know god bless them and their upcoming child um so yeah 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 uh, stay tuned for that they'll come up for them jp do you want, do you want to pr um, promote any more of your social media besides your time no. which was by the way which was by the way kind of working okay kind of working all right oh man no Expose. not anymore no. <laughs> no. <laughs> see guys already know about my tumblr there's there's still a bounty on his tumblr if you want to post that screenshot your favorite j uh kind of working post uh, on your instagram and so, then tag us tag oh, urban no. picks and you're gonna be entered to win uh, i'll let our interns know that that's an additional <laughs> contest <laughs> cool um so yeah, thank you again. Um, it's good to be back. Thank you for listening. This is Rents. I'm Ian. I'm Cam. I'm Amber Grace. I'm JP. The Godfather. <laughs> and this is our Hamilton podcast. See you guys all later. God bless. Truly Universal is a production of Urban Picks. All thanks to all. Theme song by Demi Guevara. Audio production by Ethan Coe. Outro song by Chris Kabilis. Also, special thanks to Repopo Topodaman for making the instrumental cover of the cut John Adams rap. You can find all of our content on our website, www.urbanpicks.com slash trulyuniversal. Please like and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to contact us, shoot us an email at trulyuniversal at urbanpicks.com or find us on Instagram and Twitter at urbanpicks. Thanks everybody. We will see you next time.